hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Ground Up here at uh, Databox, Databox's podcast. My name is Pete Caputa. Today I have a special guest, uh, Doug Davidoff, who is the founder and CEO of Imagine Business Development a sales advisory and marketing services firm. I will let him describe what he does in a minute. Uh, Today, though, uh, we are going to do a deep dive on the HubSpot sales enterprise platform. Uh, For those of you who are uh, HubSpot partners, customers, or groupies, you know at Inbound, they launched um, a formal HubSpot sales enterprise SKU. Uh, so they now have a marketing enterprise SKU, a HubSpot sales enterprise SKU, and a services enterprise SKU. Doug uh, and his firm have been doing sales advisory services since 2004. And uh, Doug is a avid user of all of the HubSpot products, has been a partner of HubSpot since 2012, uh, been a Databox user here uh, for the last year or two as well. Uh, and, uh, and he's, but he's been doing a deep dive here once they launched the HubSpot sales enterprise, evaluating it against a lot of other tools that he uses, uh, evaluating all the features. And he wrote this monster, uh, article. How long is it, Doug? 5,800 words. 5,800 words. So it's, he has titled it HubSpot's, uh, let's see, HubSpot sales enterprise comprehensive review. He didn't even like put like anything around it. It's just, that's, that's the title of the blog post. Uh, it's literally the URL it, too. It's, it's so long. I had to put an index. There is so an index. An index to this that one. runs along the, uh, that runs along it. the blog post. If you I want to see it. Ahead. If you need to jump, it's kind of like a product page, except it's on Doug's website, uh, at imaginellc.com instead of on HubSpot's. And it's probably slightly more honest and blunt than HubSpot's product section as well. So I asked Doug if he'd want to jump on and talk a little bit about what he's been up to and, and then we'll go, we're going to kind of go through the article. So if you don't want to sit down and read 5,800 words and maybe you're driving or exercising, uh, you can uh, listen to it here. All right, Doug, give us a little background. When did you uh, get started with Imagine uh, Business Development and, uh, and where are you at now? We launched in February 2004. We were all about sales. We were gonna we were gonna work with rock star sales teams and change the world. Change the world, um, and uh, and make the world a better place. I guess that's what I'm supposed to say, or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, and so we ended up working with a lot of um, worked with a lot of small mid market companies uh, on the sales side. And what we just started seeing was that more and more, what we were trying to do at the bottom of the funnel, what we were trying to adjust, was being massively impacted by the top and the middle. Um, in ways that we hadn't conceived. Obviously, we all know it now with all the research and everything that's come out. And and we realized, um, you know, if we're going to solve the the sales problem, we had to figure out what we were going to do, um, how our company's going to generate leads and so forth. So it uh, led us on an interesting journey to become HubSpot partners and um, start dealing with marketing things and sales things and in between things. And so it's been interesting. Yeah. I would say you are a early adopter. Uh, clearly, you know, someone that you probably think you told me you spent like a hundred hours, like looking through the product specifically oh, with an eye towards evaluating all the new HubSpot sales enterprises. And I've always known you to be tinkering with products. Uh, and I've also always known you to be challenging, kind of the status quo. You, we were very early in 2012 as a sales consulting company to kind of make that realization that that uh, marketing will be driving sales in the future. And now I, th- I think most sales consultants kind of get that now. Um, and uh, and HubSpot actually now has a partner program for sales consultants uh, run by one of my protégés there, Brian Signorelli. 
Uh, and uh, but you were probably the first that I remember uh, sales consultants that were uh, that really jumped into it and uh, and really uh, learned the marketing side and uh, and started offering marketing services alongside sales consulting services as well. So you've been proven right, especially now that HubSpot's in in the actual game, right? Like, how would you a high level like? say HubSpot sales product is these days. Like I know when it started, it wasn't that sophisticated. It was an email tracking tool, but now it's how many features did you review? What did you include in your review? Uh, I think I have 37 features in the review and, and technically I counted it. There were 42 features in enterprise sales. If you look at the pricing page, so I figure someone was a big Doug Adams hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> fan or something. That's how they got to 42. <laughs> got it. You lost me on that reference, but uh, we'll save that for another day. I'm sure somebody Some, listening will somebody know, listening know is going to get that and you'll yeah. get it in the comments. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of features, uh, and um, but wh- how would you say they are in the market now? Like there's there's clearly a lot of sales software tools out there, but how would you say HubSpot's different or better? Well, it's different. There's no tool out there that that does what it does as comprehensively that I could have one tool in place and do just about um, at least a piece of just about everything in this whole sales acceleration space. Yeah. And, and when you, when you consider the fact that it also integrates, integrates is the wrong word that it's also part of the marketing hub. Right. uh, The the service hub, if you will, we, we talk about it as, as integration, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's one thing. It's one product, one database. Yep. Which, which, by the way, it, and it still shocks me to this day. I, I still can't figure it out. But the number one advantage that HubSpot has right now, from my perspective, is it is the only sales and marketing tool that that is built with a single database. It's the only way yeah. you can execute with a single database, and that's a very powerful yeah. proposition. I, there's probably really no one out there that has even marketing and sales software in under one company for the, for the mid market, small business space, other than Salesforce, right? There's really, it's really Salesforce and HubSpot at this point. So, so you run into, so you have Salesforce, which with, with their Pardot or exact target, depending upon which one you want to look at is still two databases because they've right. never actually made them one. You have some things like active campaign mm, good point. Um, and these, and these other small ones that, that, that do, CRM and marketing automation in some fashion. That's right. Yeah, but you can put Infusionsoft in there. An active, I don't know. How I should have remembered Active Campaign. We actually have an integration with Active Campaign, a data box here. Um, Infusionsoft, exactly. Yeah, Infusionsoft. And I guess, I guess, um, yeah. There's, there's some that are really focused on the small business. There's certainly no companies that are as broad as HubSpot. And uh, I would say, as you know, it, it's really the. It's not like you said. It's not an integration, but. It shares one one true interface, and like you can you can bounce back and forth between the marketing functionality and the sales functionality, and actually know what the hell you're looking at because the interfaces are are the same function similarly, etc. Uh, and there's functionality like a contact record and the workflows that have the same exact interface, which is I think I don't think there's any tool out there like that that I know of. Uh, maybe Active Campaign, I guess. Correct. The the other place that. Not enough people really understand, and I don't think I would have understood it if I hadn't spent the the hundreds of hours that I spent. When you're when you're talking about Salesforce automation and and designing a system to to really enable sales reps to to 
to perform. Um, that single database has a huge impact on your ability to design the system in an optimal fashion and not build redundancies. We've actually done some tests um, as we rolled out with, with the new product, and we've been able to increase sales rep productivity by five to 10 points. And, and when, you, when you think about the research that's saying the typical salesperson spends a third of their time actually selling, yeah. we're getting that up to you know from 33% to 40 to 45%. That's a huge impact on the productivity of a sales team. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, five to ten percent more uh, more revenue, right? That's, and not not, be, not yeah. to be not to be not not to be technical. It's actually five to ten points. Okay, what do you mean by that? Right. Then. So so if if I'm at thirty three percent and I increased you by ten percent, this is one of the great marketing tricks. If I increased it by ten percent, yeah, I would have increased it by three point three percent. Okay, got it. Right. We're actually increasing it from 33 to 38 to 40 and okay. sometimes people love that. So it's okay. one of the ways that, that um, statistics make, you know, we, we had a 40% improvement <laughs> off of a 1% base. But you're saying your number is, is dramatic compared to that. That's what most people say. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the end of the features and kind of going through one by one, what your, what your opinion of each is um, walk us through a little bit around like the benefits of of that uh of having that like single platform and all these features in one i know you mentioned already the um spending more selling time but um in terms of you know really helping salespeople uh improve like how does all this having all the sales technology in one spot help so a, a rep can work from a single interface um mm-hmm. There, there, there's there's two pieces to it we we as as sales executives and i'm sure you remember the days when you were running your your sales team yeah. how much time we spent as sales managers just trying to get compliance for sales reps to put whatever it is they're doing to put it in the crm right right but we as, never had as the we, problem at hubspot on the sales team to get people to put it in the crm because all the leads were sent to them so it made sense for them to do it. What we did have problem is getting visibility into uh, which deals were truly going to close or not. So uh, that was so, an issue. So I'll, I'll I'll circle to that. Yeah. Uh, but we and well, one of the things you guys did at HubSpot was you built a full um, a full build out of your Salesforce instance to customize to the yes. workday of, of the rep. Yep. Well, if I've got so if I'm working, if I have my CRM. And I've got my chat product and I've got my calling product and then I've got my email and I've got my this and I've got my that. Well, I'm going out of my CRM to do a lot of normal functions. All, all my work. <laughs> right. And, and then I'm supposed to go in and put stuff in the CRM or deal with some, you know, yep. typically clunky integration or things like that that come in. And all of a sudden now, every time I'm doing something in the CRM, it's just wasted time. Right. By by having a single place where whether I'm whether I'm chatting whether I'm calling, emailing, uh, we, you know we find reps are going to work from their their Gmail or Outlook and right. and their CRM. The, the the email tool is still more friendly to work with, but HubSpot has built it. When I'm working at a Gmail, I have full access to my um, HubSpot CRM, updating things, and it yeah. all works very very hand in glove. And so I have to spend very little time actually doing the admin stuff to make the CRM work. Yep. yep. The second part of it is 
I can build complex plays. Um, I can build directions. I can manage the, you know, what are the sequences, the flows, the follow up so that it gets pushed right into the, I, I'm, I always say Southwest fly seven, only seven thirty sevens for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They've got one type of plane. So now the rep is used to working with one single influ- with one single interface and all of my marketing actions, all of my, um, reporting actions, everything is coming from that single place. Mm-hmm. It enables marketing to be much more effective in integrating what are we doing from that marketing standpoint. You know, what we talked about at the beginning of this, marketing is picking up more and more of the sales role, but it's still very rare that that a marketing function um, or a nurturing function is truly working hand in glove with a sales rep. Yeah, you, you still have them working either a lot of reps that say, hey, marketing, don't talk to my, you know, I'm talking to these people, don't email them a single thing, right? Because they're, because they don't have confidence in what's happening. Or sales is doing their sales thing and marketing is doing their marketing thing and they're, they're parallel, but they're not orchestrated. Right. This enables you to orchestrate that without the rep having to keep track of, you know, it, it, it lets the backstage be the backstage and the rep doesn't have to worry about that. And that has a tremendous impact on focus. Are you, and productivity. Are you saying that because like all of the marketing activities are showing up in the contact record and the sales CRM automatically? Is that, is that a part of it or what are you saying? How, do, how are they orchestrating Mark, things better? Marketing activities are, are, are in the sales are, are in the record easily seen, but yeah. also when I change one field, um, in, in the auto in, in the back end automation of what we're doing. So I have mm-hmm. a conversation with you. I learn um, I learn that your conference is coming up in in three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a really good call. Here is this meaningful conversation. Here's some of these key pieces. So I I put in my notes what are the the key issues that we talked about. Yeah. Sure is. Um, it's connected. I've got my next call with you scheduled for three months is when you're going to reinitiate. So you go into our beyond 30 day, um, but less than six month nurture sequence or, or whatever might happen. And so the rep doesn't have to worry about, you know, well, you need to code this field to that because we're using, you know, we created this field over here to map to constant contact or to, you know, whatever, other tool we're using it's all one tool which allows us or whoever's designing on the back end to so our when, when we're designing this for sales teams a rep is typically never going to have to uh, manage more than about five to eight fields and and okay. in, in total and they'll they'll spend 80 percent of their time on two to four fields okay. and in just updating that there's literally a hundred or more different actions that are going to come by how those things work in combination with each other. Okay. Um, and it works in a very closed loop system with no redundancies. Right. Um, that, that reduces and so your de- sounds like you're designing processes where the sales role is optimized for selling time. Right. Mm-hmm. And when they're, when they are gathering information, then that information is being used to market smarter, but it's not the salesperson's job to like figure out what emails should I send in the meanwhile, until I'm going to call them again or I'm going to email them again. There, there's on on the pure marketing side that that is that is true. There yeah. is also based on that we can now be more proactive in 
So we've written, you know, here's our different email templates or the different, mm-hmm. you know, the different um, sales email plays, if you will, for the rep that, that based on this, the rep doesn't have to spend God knows how long. Where, hey, where's that blog post that I want to send to them or who has this because I'm jump between jumping between this system and that system, to, you know, to figure yeah. those things out. We're able to drive proactively um, hints and, you know, say, hey. You know, we just published a new blog post. Here's 17 people in your Focus 50 yeah. that you've identified have, you know, this issue. Okay. So here's a blog post that just got published. Here's the 17 people. The link with, you know, all you have to do is click the link and it puts it into your, uh, you know, your email tool and you send it out with a snip, with a snippet and, okay. and so forth. We're able to do that type of automation because huh. and, and, and get the rep to use it. Yeah. Because of the single interface. Okay. Got it. Cool. I have a feeling that you have like 200 more little tricks that you do that that makes a rep more efficient using the technology, which we're not going to necessarily uncover, but but that sounds compelling. Um, Make our podcast longer than those yeah, the blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It'll be two hours. No, we're trying to keep this to an hour the, at a max. Um, so, so I get it. You're in love with HubSpot Sales Enterprise or HubSpot Sales in general. Um, or HubSpot in general, but, uh, it's, it's a really ambitious product. It has a crap ton of features, more features than anything out there in that space. Uh, how would you rate them? I think you actually gave a grade in here in terms of like being battle hardened and tested, uh, and fully baked, I think was your word or not fully baked. So where would you, where would you say they are at this point overall? I have to grade them on a curve, and uh, if if you are a defined sales organization with um, you know with with built in process, you've got things that are functioning. Um, HubSpot's not ready to take that over. Um, there there's 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 going to be glitches. There Meaning are things if that you're are using a handful on. of different tools, or you've you've customized your processes and some other tools like. Chances are there's going to be something that HubSpot can't do. Well, yeah, and there, there, certainly. And what, what the promise of of the HubSpot tool is, you'll be able to do things that you can't do. Mm-hmm. But, but some of the things that you can do are still going to be a little bit glitchy. It's still relatively early phase in in product. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, you know, if you come to that and you've got, you know, 35 sales reps, you've got 15 sales reps and they're, you know, they, 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 they've got their way of doing things and it's defined, um, that that's going to create a pretty high level of frustration for them. And it's going to yeah. create, um, it's going to create some problems. Now, if you don't have that defined process, if you're still, you know, you still have a lone wolf sales team, you still, um, you're, you're you're doing bits and pieces of things, or you have a very diverse set of of, of tech that you're using to cover all the different yeah, all the different things. That's not necessarily but it's not, integrated. It, but but it, but it's not def, you know it's not really in a defined clear playbook. Like basically, mm-hmm. if you have a really strong playbook and the playbook is being executed, mm-hmm. then then you're going to want to be careful jumping and and you might be looking at HubSpot and. It, it might not. It's probably not ready to take that over. Okay. If you don't have that defined playbook, mm-hmm. and and I don't, and I wouldn't say that I'm in love. And I I wouldn't say that I'm in love with the product because there's parts of the product that that I um and am very frustrated with. And there's 
there's some things that are really cool that it's like, hey, wow, isn't it neat that HubSpot can do this? And mm-hmm. then there's a blocking and tackling. Yep. You're like, well, why why am I having this problem? So there's still there's still some of that being worked out, but but it enables a sales organization to be in a position to to do really advanced things. Um, the only the only tool out there that that can do that, that can enable you to do what this does is Salesforce. Mm-hmm. And Salesforce would require you, you know, to do it. You'd have to hire a third party integrator to build out and customize. And you're you're at least low six figures, if not solid six figures, to really get that type of programming from the company that can do that. Yeah. HubSpot, the HubSpot tool allows you to get a lot of that um hacking on your own yeah. to a large degree because you don't have to get to the back end or or using a company that knows how to do this it is going to be a lot easier it doesn't require the same right. um, anyway, so there's a lot of features in hubspot that just don't exist natively in salesforce so you'd end up still using other tools on top of salesforce to make that make this stuff work right what what salesforce does just to give them the credit that they deserve i mean salesforce from my in my opinion is the only legitimate true platform in the sales and martech space yeah. i can i can make I can make my third-party technology work, and 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 most sales acceleration tools that that have built for Salesforce build it so that you're actually executing their tool fully from within Salesforce. Mm-hmm. And so it is um, while you're using different technology, it is coming together as a single interface, and and the rep probably doesn't even know the difference. Yeah. Um. But but short yeah. of that, and and most mid-market companies and below that are using Salesforce aren't at that level. They've got this right. You know, diverse set of 17 tools, five of which they use. Yeah. So what, what, uh, so I get that the maturity of the sales process, the sales systems will dictate whether someone is a good fit for HubSpot sales, uh, and, and whether HubSpot sales enterprise will satisfy them. Um, what would you say the, as a result, there, you know, HubSpot sales is probably still below market of Salesforce. Um, but as a result of all that, like, what would you say the, the right, size sales team is for HubSpot sales at this point? Is it like, does HubSpot sales break at some point when you have too many sales reps? Is there like just things you can't do at this point that, you know, when, when you, when you ask that question, you have to, you, you have to answer the question, what is HubSpot sales? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, that might sound like, you know, that's a, you know, what's the, it depends on the, what the definition of is, is, right. but, but in this case, so HubSpot sales is, is HubSpot sales the CRM and the sales acceleration tool, yeah, I guess or so, is right. or is HubSpot sales a sales acceleration tool and the CRM is separate? Mm. So if you look at it as this, if you look at it as the CRM as, mm-hmm. as a whole thing, yep. then it, it's going to break somewhere around twenty five salespeople. Okay, and why? If, the if, if if you're at 25 salespeople, you're typically going to have two levels of of sales executive. So you'll have VP, manager. You'll have at least two sales managers, right. if not three. Yeah, you've got an awful lot of velocity that's taking place. Um, a lot of things that are happening. There's there's other areas of complexity. You you're you're almost um, certainly going to be on a Salesforce Dynamics 
NetSuite, something like that, that's integrated with your back ends, you know, with your non-sales related back end systems. Yeah. That, that just have like so many financial things systems built in. or something. Yeah. They yeah. just have so you know operations, manufacturing, all all these things that happen that that with with the speed and and the needs and and the the complexity and control. So for example, you can still only have one contact owner. And so if I want to restrict access, um, then the only thing I can do is is by owner or by team. Mm-hmm. But if if you've got a sales organization that that has um, kind of a matrix sales organization. So we've got generalists who, who provide this yep. and specialists who are focusing on lines of services. Yep. Well, I can't have two people own a contact or two people own a deal. I see. Um, and I can't restrict certain, um, certain fields. If I've got a success team where I want somebody, you know, I, I need to be able to see what the contract terms are, but I don't want someone to be able to edit what the contract terms are. Yeah. Right to control mistakes from happening. You don't have that level of field control that's supposed to be coming in the next three or four months, okay. which, which will have a, um, a big step to that. Um, but, but those, those components plus. You mentioned got, uh, in your article, like territory management and lead assignment, they're not quite there yet for a larger organization. Correct. correct. Like, like in Salesforce, I can, I can, I can program, um, lead assignment. Okay. Um, Yep. I can build in exceptions. I can do all kinds of, 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 of very complicated matrix things with HubSpot. I can either, I can still directly assign it to somebody or I can lead rotate it. I can lead rotate it within teams. So it can still do more than it did, but it can't say, well, I want to take a look at, and if you have, if this rep has more than X number of contacts at this status, mm-hmm. then skip them for lead assignment and go yeah. to, yep. and go to the next and, and, and things like that. Got it. Okay. Which of which you would have to hire a developer. To be fair, you'd have to hire a developer to do that in Salesforce, right? Like, Correct. They'd have to write Apex. Correct. Yeah. Well, all, all that only matters if you're doing it, right? Right. I mean, right. If, you're, if you're using Salesforce out of the box, it's it's Not it's a great tool, but yeah. it's it's cumbersome and and yeah. and um and and by the way, if you're using Salesforce out of the box and you've got it integrated in the back end, this is something we're actually doing more and more of. Um, Salesforce is an amazing tool for for oversight and enterprise mm-hmm. back end but it's not built for the salesperson right right and so it's it's great reporting and great insight for the vp of sales but but not for the sales rep yep. what we're doing is we're using sales we're using hubspot sales as the salesperson's tool mm-hmm. connect it with with salesforce because because by the way if you're using salesforce and you're doing any marketing automation you have two databases so like people get scared when you say use HubSpot sales with um, Salesforce because who would run two CRM simultaneously? <laughs> well, well, the reason you wouldn't do that is because you'd have two databases, but, but you already have two databases because <laughs> right. you're an automation system database, right? right. And, and so you use the integration between that, that HubSpot has with, with Salesforce mm-hmm. to, to keep everything up to date to make Salesforce your system of record. But now you're able to pick up a lot of the productivity um, from the sales acceleration tool. You're even able to use Salesforce for territory management, lead assignment. Right, right. those things that manage, that's what manage those controls that flexible you can get with. Yeah. HubSpot, get that Salesforce um, and still so make you, it. So you have clients using HubSpot, I mean, sorry, HubSpot sales as well as uh, Salesforce CRM. Mm-hmm. And you integrated those and made that work. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
Nice. All right, let's talk about price real quick, and then let's get into the features. So, price. Where does this put HubSpot on the spectrum of expensive? Uh, price? Is it? Yeah. Well, so so the 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 beautiful thing of the of the HubSpot pricing model is the CRM is free. Right. Uh, which, by the way, is another advantage of of the Salesforce and and HubSpot together is you can have all your admins and everybody that has either been sharing seats or hasn't had access or you're paying for. They now have full access to a CRM, um, and 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 to be able to manage that. Right. For, yeah. For, you don't need to pay for. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like I but, have all my employees or you know twenty some employees in CRM, but we're only paying for like uh, I think six or seven seats of correct. HubSpot sales. Yep. Correct. And, and so, and so for, again, so when you look at it from the CRM standpoint, um, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's not expensive at all. If you look at it from a sales acceleration standpoint and realizing that, that, so, so take sales loft as, as an example, sales loft is a sales acceleration tool, although I think it's trying to become a CRM too, but, but sales loft has built in automation components. So when you buy sales loft, it's got automation components built. Mm-hmm. We've been able to do with HubSpot sales exact, pretty much exactly what Sales Loft or Outreach or other so, companies like that do. Yep. But but we have to build the process out for it. You don't just right. buy HubSpot well, sales. That's, that's a good segue because the first feature that you covered is uh, in your article is sales automation. So I think is that what you're referring to? Is you you're building Correct. automation in HubSpot sales that duplicates what's out of the box with sales loft. Correct. So, so, and, and again, so what we're able to do is, is let the rep just do the, anything that's not directly related to selling. We, yeah, we're, like we're, we're minimizing that and, and so everything else. Gets, so everything else gets, so everything else gets automated. Okay. So, so, but, but back to price. So it, oh, yeah, it's sorry. $120 a seat. Yeah. Um, and, and, and candidly, the features aren't up to snuff to be $120. Okay. Um, now I don't have a problem with one hundred twenty dollars. Uh, I mean, I, I I want everything for free, of course. Problem <laughs> um, with that because I don't have any doubt that it. I'm I'm going to get something that that builds. Yeah. The, the real issue that I have with their pricing is they also have gone to a minimum of ten seats, right? Um, which which makes it a twelve hundred dollar tool, right? Um, and and there's, uh, and, you know, and I'm arguing them, arguing with them on this. You, there there's. You, me, we've been on Sales Pro for a long time. I, we're 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 paying a nice price for Sales Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I I might be able to justify. It's not worth it. It's not worth it from a from a feature functionality standpoint, but from an impact standpoint, it's easily worth one hundred twenty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. But if I only have six reps to have now to pay for additional seats, right. yeah, it, it, now now it becomes. That was the, I remember HubSpot Hubs really originally was $250 a month, the first marketing product. <laughs> that was our only product. So, yeah, it's I mean, not per user. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah. Um, I, I, I think and I hope that they're going to bring it down to five to, just to make it a five-seat uh, Okay. which is where it's – What is the next level down price-wise? So the next level down is Sales Pro, which mm-hmm. is five seats and $80, and you lose some of the features. Okay. Got it. And the features that you lose are those critical ones, you think, for what you're doing, what you usually do? Um, they're, they're critical ones. Like if you wanted to have a – if you wanted to work from only one tool, then yes, they're critical ones. If, mm-hmm. if you're using Pro 
um, and you're running a, and you want to be able to really run a full functioning um, modern sales team, mm-hmm. then then you're going to need to add a couple other pieces um, to to match what it what it does. You're you're probably not you're probably not missing it because you don't even know about the functionality. You're probably right. not using something that has yeah, so, that functionality. So for the people that want it and need it, it's actually the right price probably from HubSpot's perspective. They're, they're extracting the right amount of they're, – they're on part with what you would probably pay if you had a bunch of tools, it sounds like. Well, so, so the problem is that, that if you look at so, – so if I was running a team of six people. Yeah. Yeah, like well, you're special. Pro- but like it, it, your average client with six salespeople, do they really need all the sales pro features? I mean sales enterprise features? Well, th- they, they would be wise to probably look at an outreach or a sales loft. Okay. From a um, pricing and, and, perspective, right, and so and so they're going to be a higher price per seat because of mm-hmm. that built-in automation, but they don't have the same minimum seat requirement. Okay, got it. So, so why did they do the minimum seat requirements just to extract a certain amount of uh, get a certain amount of uh, sales price out of it? I guess because the sales pro is what fifty or sixty. Well, you know, you know what, you know what. Um, sales pro is $80 a month, $80. Wow. Okay. $80 a month. Um, you know what Dilbert says? If, if you don't like the, the outputs, just double the assumptions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I think that they're, I think they did it for two things. I think that one, one I like, um, I, I think HubSpot is really committed to, to kill the HubSpots for small companies, uh, stigma. Okay. And there's nothing like that. Um, yeah. Come, I mean, you know, their enterprise product is priced towards the higher end of the market now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that I th- – so one of the problems with a lot of the features in here is they are built by somebody who understands tech mm-hmm. but doesn't sit in a seat and I don't think has ever really talked to or listened to somebody who sits in the seat of, of doing that. So I think – there's this theory of oh yeah ten salespeople and and this and this and this and and um you know there's a little bit of this echo chamber of of we all tend to think that everybody's this high funded SaaS company that has you know 200 employees and 30 percent of them are salespeople. <laughs> I got and, I got and, like, and I'm like, like I'm gonna do a no comment on that because I know those people. I think they're fairly <laughs> sharp people uh, making smart decisions. I also like HubSpot's a public company. They're gr- growing at a certain clip. They're trying to maintain that clip or or, or you know make that clip go faster. Well, even so, and I think well, I think I, the, I, I think the price is fair for the functionality from my perspective. Uh, I'm not using it clearly, uh, but yet, yeah, but um, the price is fair, but the seats are not. There's nobody yeah. out there with the ten seat minimum. I see. I got you. All right, let's move I, on. I let's move. Let's move on because you and I can yep. debate all day. We know that. All right, so sales automation. Give us an example of uh, uh, something that we haven't talked about yet. Of like, what what do you mean by sales automation? Um. So I'm doing my prospecting, and I've got a cadence. So um, I want to make a call on this day. I want to send an email on that day. And then depending upon what the outcomes of that are, I make another call on, on this day um, and I don't have to think about anything. And, okay. and so what happens is that, you know, we're able to automate that you're, you get a task, um, you know, a call task and you run your call queue, you, you make your call, you call disposition it as, um, you know, if you connect it, then, then that means one thing. So mm-hmm. I, 
I'm not continuing to do the same cadence to try to get the first contact. Um, but if I left a voicemail or, or nothing, um, once I dispose the, the call, um, the task is marked as complete and the next action is automatically determined and scheduled. So you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to schedule a follow-up task. Uh-huh. You don't have to think what's the next thing to do. Um, so you're able to come in and just go, okay, Hey, what's my day today? Let's go. Got it. And there's uh, and, and that like syncs with the call queue, I'm guessing. Uh, so yes. that, okay. Got it. And tasks, of course. I see. And so that's, I'm guessing that's a lot of the value you bring to clients is that you, you come in and you kind of have a feel for what those sequences should be. Um, and you're building out that automation for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, by the way, can, um, so, so we've got one client that does property management. And so they, they provide when somebody hits a certain level, um, in the process, um, they provide a free rental analysis. Okay. And, and so the rep completes that call, marks, you know, disposes the call, um, you know, puts in the lead status, which is, which is standard that automatically triggers the, the rental analysis. Mm-hmm. Now let's say the, let's say I trigger the rental analysis and it's supposed to be done today, but, but that person's out sick today. So it doesn't get done today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an old way you could have done it where, um, so today you, you do the rental analysis. So I'm the rep. I'm supposed to make the call tomorrow, but, but the, uh, the guy doing the rental analysis is out sick today. So he doesn't get to it until tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden I have this thing that says I'm supposed to make this call or send this email. You'd be shocked how many reps send the, here's your rental analysis, (laughs) a rental analysis, right? Or their tasks just back up and they become meaningless. So here, you know, the, the rental analysis is queued. When the rental analysis is complete, that's marked as complete, and that automatically then pushes that to the rep, tells them which template they're supposed to run, and schedules the task. So the automation is based on, I'm guessing, custom fields of some sort or something that you've created as opposed custom to a date. Fields. It could be. It could be either. I mean, it could all. Be it in, all that, in that scenario, it's it's literally the the rental analysis guy's got to check a box saying it's done or upload it saying it's done or whatever. And that's what triggers the next step, which is the rep then Correct. making their call. Okay. Correct. Sweet. And, and the thing that's nice about it is you got to mark your task complete when it's complete anyways, or yep. it's not particularly useful. So that that's yeah. literally all it is, yep. is you mark the task complete and everything else is automated. I don't have to update another field. That's awesome. Got it. That's cool. Um, all right. So reporting, let's talk about reporting. Uh, Obviously, a topic we uh, discuss here at Databox quite frequently. Um, that's the second feature you talked about. So HubSpot has released their long-requested, long-awaited cross-object reporting, which has been in Salesforce forever, um, and uh, allows you to go in and say, show me all the contacts with companies where the company requirement might be greater than five employees or something like that, or show me all the deals that are uh, with a company that's in the first five letters of the alphabet or something like that. Uh, obviously there's an endless number of, of queries you could run given that there's context companies, deals, activities, tickets, and products now. Um, so you've played around with it. What's your, what's your impression? With reporting or with cross object, the cross object reporting first. Yeah. Cross um, object. so, so the, so the first issue with cross object reporting is it's still only really reporting for visualization. 
Okay. So so it it's cross object dashboarding more than it yeah. really is cross object reporting. I see. There 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 is the data behind it, but it's not really usable or functional yet. So I can't yeah. say I want my list of Hmm. This company is so I can then work it in view. So you can't create a view for the sales rep to work a list of specific contacts based on the company fields or something. Okay. Or, or I'm the manager and I want to get this because we're going to go through, we're going to go through a review of this and I need to have um, those pieces. Yeah. The other, yeah. Like when we use Salesforce, when I use Salesforce, that's what the more valuable piece was, was, wasn't necessarily tracking what's happening, but being able to create views of data that we can act upon. Correct. The, the the other shortcoming on the cross object side is you can still only do two objects. Okay. Ah, got so it. I can't do I can't do contact company and deal. Yep. Okay. I can do. I can and do is that. there an API for that? Is there an API to get cross object to enable third parties to do cross cross object reporting? Third party tools. The answer is no. Oh, I'm just I'm just. I, I, I know. I know. I was going to say. I don't think. <laughs> Not that I, I know of. They can crack me if there is, but you know what? You know what? I should I should have put I need to put APIs in the review. Oh, yeah, you actually have that. a rant that you did the other day on APIs. I don't necessarily agree with your um your suggestion, but I I agree with your rant uh, where it's coming from. And the rant you said is like they should they should make APIs uh, uh, either like in the high level product or like an extra fee because then product managers would actually be motivated to to launch APIs. Whereas I think uh, it's probably fair to say at HubSpot they launch features and UI, yeah, user interfaces first, and then at some point, sometimes they get to the API. Uh, for, for the record, what I said was, yeah, that that I don't need to to, to sell enterprise. Yeah. I don't need more features. Yeah, I need the ability to to have truly an integrated stack which would be fully open API. So if you gave me no additional features for enterprise for a higher price point, yep. and I could just add full APIs, that would at least give revenue to it. Right. Um, and, and that's all that, that would make it enterprise worthy. Right. Right. Right there. Right. Cause like part of being would, an enterprise is that you're going to use multiple tools to do things. There is no one tool out there that does everything. Although HubSpot is obviously going down that path. Um, but in the meanwhile, if they want to sell to enterprise, they they need to be more open and enable more integrations there, which they're working on. I think they made tre- tremendous progress, of course, mm-hmm. on launching a lot more APIs and building out the Connect program, um, uh, so that third parties do build on top of them. But if, but if I didn't complain about something, Pete, you would worry that something had happened to me. True, true, right, right. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, not everybody else knows that, Doug. Though. Um, but no, you have a keen eye for this stuff. So, uh, and and I know you think about it a lot. Um, so I know you use um, DataBox for reporting, but not. But you also use HubSpot quite a bit for reporting, more for analysis, I'm guessing. Whereas DataBox is probably a little more for reporting across multiple tools. Is that is that right? Yeah, DataBox we use uh, across multiple tools, and and DataBox kind of gives us is is more of our um, 10,000 foot view of, of what's happening now. Now we don't get super deep into some of the, the SEO things that other people do and, and pay-per-click that I, that I know you guys have some really great, um, um, tools for, um, we use, we use HubSpot reporting and I, and I will, I I can, I mean, I thrashed reporting when it came out. So in, in in fairness, (laughs) um, it's improved. 
Well, because I think when they came out and they said it was a $200 add-on, I said, wait, you're going to pay me $200 to use the reporting? Um, I'm not sure it's worth it. Um, I mean, it was bad. Um, it is now I, it is now um, indispensable. It is, okay. it is an excellent reporting tool for um, – so we are able to, um, to really see what's happening very quickly um, to, to, to see progress. Yeah. Um, to, to build predictability in, into the system yeah. and also to be able to manage capacity um, and, and utilization. Yeah. Are we doing the things we're supposed to be doing? Um, is there something going on that, 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 that the system's gunked up somewhere and, and, and there's a bottleneck that needs to be addressed? Um, we've been able to do really, really cool things with the reporting feature that enables me to yep. know what's happening within a sales organization without having to talk to the salesperson, yep. which means we can spend managers and what we do, we can spend more time coaching instead of getting caught up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the, the tool has done, um, ha- has really stepped up in that ability. You do have to do a lot of back end um, crazy things to make it work. So you're like, using like custom fields and workflows well, to, to make things work. Yeah. Some custom fields, workflows. If, if I showed you our operations manual to create what we do to be able to create this one little widget that's really important, it's mm-hmm. probably five pages of, <laughs> of backend design to, to make that happen. Got it. Got it. So it's Got not, it. it's, it's out of the box. I, you know, it, it's going to be okay. But it's pretty um, flexible now compared to what it was before it's, so that you can get stuff done. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, all right, where we have I'm out of order now with the uh, the features. Um, hold on, I think you know, I should skip some too. You know, I so I think what you did. So you started at the automation, which yeah. was I, I kind of reviewed it in 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 overall. Yeah, uh, and then I went to the features. So okay, all right. So I'm going to jump down a little bit. Then there we go. All right. So contact and company management. That's really the CRM piece, and right. you, we already talked about that. Uh, yeah. But you're a big fan. Um, the fact that it's free certainly helps, uh, so people can get, get started there and you don't have to pay for those extra users. We talked about that. And, 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 and I'm a fan that it's very easy for the sales rep. I mean, it will, yeah. I give yep. credit from the beginning. It was Absolutely. built for the rep, built for use. Absolutely. And- so, um, uh, insights, um, insights is, uh, explain insights and how you use it. So, um, the, the, the real value of insights is, is adding things to, to the CRM is a whole lot easier. Yep. Um, it, it picks up the address. It picks up the phone number. I don't have to, I don't have to type that in the industry when they were founded, how many employees, things like that. And it's automatically yeah, it, adding it's, it for them for the correct. Sales rep. Yep. Correct. What, what I would say is a lot of the insights component on the insight side, mm-hmm. it's nice to have. Um, I don't. I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there. And, yeah. and what I caution people about is if it's giving you an insight about something that really matters to you, like if the number of employees really matters, yeah. don't, don't rely on the number of employees that it fills in. Yeah. If number of employees gives you an, I, you know, Hey, I just want to get a feel for it. Then mm-hmm. it's great. Yep. Got it. And if, yeah. Well, I can give you some insight like into the genesis of this. Like, like part of the reason, uh, Part of the reason some of these features were built is because HubSpot themselves had a lot of this capability in right. Salesforce, and HubSpot's dependent on company size and industry and things like that to determine who gets a lead. And so 
for years they've been working on building their own database so that they can route leads correctly based on based on specific data. And so I think it was a natural thing for them to launch into the product since they yeah. had already built it internally. Um, and it's nice to have for sure. Um, and just, yeah, all data, all data that's gathered for you should be somewhat suspect. So you want to check it before that. And that was your, that was your point. Uh, email integration. I think this is probably one of your favorite features. One of my favorite features as well. So Gmail and Outlook integration, where do you think things stand there? Uh, it's world-class. It's, um, seamless, easy. It's, it's, one of my yeah i mean it, i couldn't say anything bad about it if i wanted to <laughs> and like what what do you love about it explain for people that don't know what, what it does so so um the, the the crm doesn't just mirror with with your email it it really builds a unified inbox so um set you know emails to from happen seamlessly i can I can be looking in the history and see an email from two months ago. Um, I can see it as a thread the, the same mm-hmm. way that I would see it in my, um, in my email inbox. And from the CRM, if I wanted to, I could respond to the email down in the middle of the thread. I don't even have to go up to, to, to compose a new email, but whether I send it from the CRM or I send it from my email instance, it, it's the same thing from a system standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then further, if I'm in Gmail now for the record, I tested this in Gmail. I did not test this in Outlook or a Gmail okay. shop. Yeah. Um, so you've got the, you know, you, you, you've got the card going down the right side that basically has all of the same key right. features that are showing in your main screen. Yep. Um, in the CRM, I can make calls. I, I can hit call from my email. I can look at key history. I can, um, I can jump into the CRM yep. with one click. Um, so I can be working, whether I'm in my email tool or my CRM, it doesn't make any difference. Yep. Got it. Cool. The only thing I can't do is I can't execute email task queues from my email tool. Right. You That's have to go into the CRM. Thing that I want. Correct. Yep. All right. And then uh, scheduling, email scheduling. So sending an email, not right away, but scheduling or to send later. You use that quite a bit? Your night owl, you said? Yep. Yeah, we use that a lot. We use that a lot. I I, I use that because, frankly, I, um, I'll get caught up on a lot of things while I'm watching something stupid on television, and you know, I'm sending something at ten thirty, uh, you know, ten thirty at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and years ago, I'd send something to a client ten thirty at night. They thought that meant that you know the next day they could call me at ten thirty. <laughs> um, yeah. So, boundaries, boundaries. Um, I mean. I'm able to do that. I'm, I'm able to do that scheduling. Yeah. The only you thing you got, don't like is about it is you wrote that you wish it knew when, when you sent another email or you had a conversation with them so that it didn't send that. Cause sometimes you might forget you scheduled it. Yeah. Like, like being, it would be really cool if I could do the follow up. Like I mm-hmm. finished my time with you and, and you say you're going to have this to me by Wednesday. So I schedule yeah. my follow up for Thursday. Yep. But if you send it back to me, it, it would be nice if it had that. Got it. Yep. And then uh, email tracking and notification. You're, you looks like you have a few use cases there. Um, <laughs> I like your first one. Basically, you can see that you that they didn't open the email. And so you, instead of saying, hey, did you get my email? You could basically say, hey, what do you say instead? Um, I, I actually say, hey, I want to make sure that you got it. Okay. Uh, like I, had, I, I had a situation where I sent somebody an email um, and it didn't show as opened. And I'm like, Hey, it's been a few days. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw this or not yeah. Yeah. because I, 
you know, in that case, I, I actually just said, hey, I, I haven't gotten an indication that, that, that you've seen this. Yeah. Um, the person goes, oh, my God, you know what? I saw it, but I didn't have a chance to even open it or whatever. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Um, that that's probably, I, I, you know, I used to kind of find my way around it to not to not email tracking is so common in so many places now. I, I don't yeah. I, I don't think people think twice about it. I, I, so I just found being right. straight up and direct is is probably the the key. Yeah. Yep. What do you like most about moving on? Move. What do you like most about deals? The deals functionality. Uh, what do I? What do I like most about it? Yeah. I love sliding a deal card over. I, I'm a sales guy. Like for all of this design that I do, there's nothing that like when you when I would change the field from stage one to stage two in mm-hmm. my CRM, it's I'm just changing the field. But when I'm dragging a card, you know, from the left to the right, I, I'm just going to tell you, it feels good. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm making progress. Like the drag and drop. Yep. I I like I, I, it is I, nice. So 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 what I like about it from from a from a more functional standpoint is um, I can get I, I can get very good views on what's happening. Um, so I can get a I can get a feel for the hole and I can dig in and I can dig deep. Um, I can track multiple pipelines, which is extraordinarily powerful. Um, it sounds small, but mixing um, renewals and new business is 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 a common thing but right. when you step when you separate them as different pipelines totally you're able to see what's happening and and develop analytics and and design more automation even better right. we actually created lead management pipelines so before they're an sql so our hmm. our sales development reps are yeah. working from a pipeline not just from fields which also helps with analytics right. um, and and automation things like that okay that's cool um, and then there's, uh, let's see, there's one area of weakness. Oh, at the, with the cross object stuff, you're, you're still, what would you do with that related to the deals? Well, well, so yeah. And, and this is a, this is going to be especially felt by somebody who works from Salesforce. 90% of the sales reps that I know that work from Salesforce actually work from the opportunities tab. They mm-hmm. actually don't, they don't even know what the company or contact tab is. Yeah. They work from opportunities. Um, and, and so when I, when I've got a good pipeline in place, working from my, from my pipeline or from my deals, um, is good. The difficulty is like, I want to know the, I want to know your phone number. Well, I can't get your phone number in the deal record unless I copy it from the contact record into Into the deal. So I I don't have through another workflow, but that's an extra step you got to set up. Right. Well, and then, and then you're also doing something else that kills automation is you're Mm -hmm. now building redundant fields. Right means now if something gets changed or whatever in one spot yeah you don't have a way to keep it in sync all of a sudden yeah exactly all right talk to me about documents what it does and i also know like it's relatively new feature it's not that robust tell us what else you typically recommend in that scenario well, oh am i wrong no it's not no it's not new it's not robust but it's not new okay yeah, my <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> no talk, talk to us about it give us your soliloquy on that one no problem <laughs> The uh, you know just hey truth and advertising on the podcast. Um, so what what if if you've used ClearSlide or things like that where where you're able to set up something you know historically it used to be like PowerPoint decks, uh, product sheets, slicks things like that. Put a PDF up, someone can see it, they can access it whenever they want to. Uh, you'll get um, reporting and analytics. Well, you get reporting when someone is doing it. So when I put something up on documents, so like we have our case studies um, deck, 
if you look at the case studies deck, I'll get notified that you're looking at it. Yep. And then it'll let me know how much time you spend on each page. Um, so, you know, it's nice to be able to do that. That was the functionality it came out with. Um, God, a couple of years ago. I mean, it's at least, um, it's at least two inbounds old. Um, that's how I age everything now is by how many inbounds, <laughs> how many inbounds ago. And, and, and so, I mean, so, so it's nice from that standpoint. Um, I, I can, so, so to be able to share it, I have to input someone's email address, but that doesn't mean it's limited to that person's email address. Yeah. Uh, cause if it's, if I don't have that email address, I can just type in my email address if I have the link. Um, I, I can't set it up so it doesn't allow downloads. Hmm. Um, so anything I share on documents, you're going to be able to download. There are some things that that we'd like to share. So we actually use Box for this because we can give you the ability to preview something in Box but not allow you to download it. Right. Because um, – so you know, it, 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 it's got things like that. And then it doesn't – while you get the email that says how much time was spent, it doesn't build um, any type of robust reporting or to really be able to see oh. which content got used here. Performance how, around the document. Yeah. D- doesn't give you performance for like, it's just, yeah, just single off. Um, yeah. and it doesn't do, there's no attribution analysis. Um, okay. And, and so it's a nice tool. Yeah. It's a nice tool. Um, if this is an important thing to you, there are more robust tools out there. That, mm-hmm. And that's an example of what I meant by where, where it begins to break. Yeah. Got it. All right. Snippets. Think you're a big user of snippets. Walk us through snippets. I, I love me some snippets. <laughs> uh, yeah, so snippets is – I mean they used to be called macros back in the day. I'm uh, a, yeah. I could – you know, I could you know type in three letters and, and it would program a paragraph. Mm-hmm. So you know that, that, that's, that's basically what, what snippets is. I can use those snippets in emails. Um, I can use them in chat. I can use it. Um, and that's cool. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah. So, so and it, so, you, is it literally like that? I haven't used the snippet, so it literally you can like type three words and it brings up a paragraph, or do you have to like go pick it from a menu? The snippet. No, you you're able to type a shortcut in, and if okay. you're working from um, if you're working from HubSpot, if you start off with pound mm-hmm. and then enter whatever the code is, it'll Got it. it'll pull it'll pull that up. That's cool. Um, then then it also has now if you're doing it from Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, it just brings up every snippet. Okay. Doesn't it? Doesn't even bring it if up. If you do the pound. Point. Um, no, you can't do pound in. Um, oh. if you're in Gmail, there's oh. there's a snippets drop down. Got it. Um, and and so like we've got 25 snippets so far and growing. I see. So it gets a little unruly there a little bit. Now, once you hit the drop down, you can type in the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But if you, you know, when you have four or five go tos, you remember what those shortcuts are. Mm. When you have twenty five or thirty, and you're driving the, you know, here's the contextual <laughs> right. components pull from these. So what we've done is we've actually created, um, you know, we, we use just a Google filterable spreadsheet okay. um, to 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 track 
what are the snippets? What what are the use cases for the snippets? So I that see. I can go in and kind of filter what I'm looking for, and it'll bring up the two or three snippets that would make sense. Okay. It gives me the shortcut, and I can go in and and, and do that. So the um, the ordering of it is um, it becomes very um, anar. It's, it's it's a lot of anarchy once you get above about six or seven snippets. I see. An organizational standpoint, but, it, but it's great. Tool. In, yeah, got it. Um, sequence or so templates. You still use templates a lot, or use snippets oh. more now? No. Um, so <laughs> we use templates and snippets. Um, <laughs> so, so in some cases we'll use an email template that, that in many ways is just a full email. Um, right. but increasingly what we're doing with email templates is we build out structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so basically we're giving, and now with, um, Google's new finish your, your email, yeah. pretty rep will be able to write a customized email with, <laughs> you know, with seven letters. You know, right. seven, um, so, so we'll, um, we'll create the structure in the template um, and then it's up to the rep or, or the situation to customize it. And so we might have, um, so let's say, you know, I'm sending you a follow-up email and, and here's three key um, things for you to take a look at. Well, mm-hmm. those three things come from snippets, right? And, and so which snippets I use in there um, is going to be based upon, you know, you're talking about sales cycle. So I'm going to bring see. my sales cycle snippets in. Okay. That's um, cool. So those two actually work really well together. I see. Nice. And then sequence, you're still using sequences? Well, not still. I never use sequences. Oh, you didn't. I hated right. sequences. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I am feel using a little it a spammy little. to me. They're really not personalized, right? Well, cor- and uh, correct. They, they were totally spammy. Um, and, and a large part of the problem was once you once you initiated the sequence, you could change nothing. Right. Other than cancel um, it. Right? Now, well, oh, correct. Now you can go in and you can change. I can change the copy. So I learned something. I can change the copy mm-hmm. um, and I can change the – I learned – I get an out-of-office reply from you mm-hmm. that you're out um, till Tuesday next week. And I go, oh, wait. He's got two more emails in the sequence coming. <laughs> yeah, I can change cool. that next sequence to be and, – and, and so that will push everything else back that, that makes it more usable. The, the challenge is when you're doing it right and we, we've been testing it where we'll use the template to be customized. So maybe we're sending out a four, um, a four email sequence, um, trying to reestablish contact or to follow up on something. And so we've got a lot of contextual templates that are there. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is it takes a lot of time to, to, to customize four emails at one time. Right. It's totally cool once it's done. So if I'm working 20, 20 people, and I'm going to set up these these sequences. I've got to build out 80 emails to launch those sequences. That's mm-hmm. cool because I never have to touch those 20 emails again. Um, but it's really heavy um, in the setup, so I'm not 100 percent sure if we're really picking something up yet. We're still testing that, but it's at least a um, a usable tool. Yeah. Where we're actually using it more now. Um, the main use case is we'll sequence um, tasks. Okay. So we'll run a sequence where, where, um, let, you know, that, let's say there's that 90 day scenario. I don't want to wait 90 days to talk to you. So we've got, we call it the slow play. Um, <laughs> so we've got, we've got six tasks that basically just say send contact email. Okay. And so the rep can go in, we've already got it set up as, as what the base is, but they can change the delay of the task being scheduled. So I can customize it. Maybe it's 90 days for you. It's 75 days for, 
for her, it's 130 days there. And so I can okay. kind of get that in place. And now I'm going to get reminded about that. Um, I don't have to think about you again. Yeah. Because I'm going to get reminded when I should drop my next. Um, on As a task. And you can integrate that in with the sequences is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Got it. All right, calling. So you get some you get some minutes of call time with the at the enterprise HubSpot Sales Enterprise tier for the auto dialer. Um, so you do a lot of your clients use the auto dialer? Yeah, yeah. Any, any, anybody that's using the sales tool, yeah. one one of the key components is 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 the dialer. Got it. Um, and then it has some automatic stuff there for two party consent. Anything else about the auto dialer that you love? You, do you use a different auto dialer in some cases too? Yeah, we've been that. using Ramble. Ramble. Ram, Ramble's got some really, um, some really cool functionality to it. It's mm-hmm. got, um, um, it, it, it does some of the automated coaching. Um, it, it, it builds some, some additional um, design into it. If I really want to, if I, if I want to provide direction to a rep making calls, or I want to be able to assess a call mm-hmm. um, quickly. Um, so, so we've been. Um, and, and, and they've really built it with a nice integration with HubSpot. Okay. Got it. That's cool. Um, and so it, and it does, it does a transcription too. So HubSpot launched transcription and reporting, but um, you, do you prefer the Ramble transcription tool or? So right now, the Ramble transcription tool is more functional. Mm-hmm. The HubSpot transcription tool is a little bit more accurate. Though huh. so they'll understand these automated transcriptions, I'm convinced it's the modern day version of Mad Libs. It's, <laughs> right, you gotta, when you, it's when funny. you're trying to translate yeah. what, what what was actually said here. Yeah. Um, so the, the we've done a lot with uh, videos and like podcasts, and we transcribe transcribe them, and it's like it's like yeah, you gotta you gotta go and edit half the words out because you got me talking over you, you talking over me. Like we're using short sentences because we understand each other and usually has intonation so people will understand it too but yeah it's quite a bit different yep. when you when you see it in text right now so so the calling tool other so you get more minutes other than that it's the same calling tool okay. with with the other pieces I see, they just pack the it call so transcription the call transcription only comes with um enterprise so you don't get transcription if okay. you're not on enterprise got it right now it's only transcription Right. You mentioned it doesn't have any like ability to go in and highlight specific sections or recommend the rep do something different next time around or follow up differently based on what you're hearing. Uh, there's no, I know some other more advanced coaching tools allow you to like say, here's when, tell me when a word happens. And so if you're working on your reps with like having pricing conversations, they can, you can identify any time when someone says price or cost or dollar or whatever and, and go right to it. Right, right, correct, and and that's an example of something that Ramble does that HubSpot still does. Okay, got it. Right. Meeting scheduling, nothing, no real change there, right? It's available in the the lower end editions. Pretty, yep. pretty. I use that all the time. In fact, it's probably the main thing I use with HubSpot sales. Should probably mm-hmm. cancel my subscription, but uh, I do the email tracking once in a while as well. But I don't use templates or anything. But. Uh, I'm not really selling day to day, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I should probably just switch to Calendly and save myself sixty bucks, uh, eighty bucks. Snippets. Yeah, I should use snippets. Yeah, for what? Um, I, the number of times I've I've created snippets just to deal with things that that like, how many times I'm I'm yeah. commu- non sales related, but I'm communicating something that's mm-hmm. in the same place where I wanna um I wanna send you 
a resource. I mean, the, the, the resources and tools you have. Snippets is a great services side piece. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be even bigger for, for services. And it integrates with the chat too. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right. So team email is new. We use Help Scout internally here at, at Databox. Um, which they've been around for a long time. Another Boston-based company, lots of, lot, you know, doing really well um, as our help uh, tool. So I'm sure you've used it. You can send an email to help a data box and, and yep. our team on average gets back to people within six hours. Um, and so the, uh, the team email is huge. I, have, I now have six people, seven really, um, that, that are responding to help requests and managing proactive, uh, some, pro- some level of proactive support as well. Um, and so the team email just keeps us all on the same page. We can see exactly yep. what a customer's dealing with. So um, that's now in, in HubSpot sales enterprise as well. Yep. Uh, that's actually in more than HubSpot sales. I, th- I think yeah. that's all the way through now. Too. Is it all the way through? And actually, is it in the free version too now? I think I heard I somebody tell it. me that it has, yeah. it is. Yeah, I think I think the higher level versions allow you to build multiple teams. Okay. So I can have different team emails for different situations. Yeah. Like my, you know, Northwest group and so okay. forth. But yeah. Um, all right. Then the big one is the chat, right? The conversation stuff. So chat and chatbot. Talk to us a little bit about that. I know they bought a company in 2017 and they've been working on this for a while now. They're, as you say in your article, and I agree, they're a bit behind uh, some other players in the market. There's been chat around for a long time. Um, Snap Engage, I know, has, been, has had a HubSpot integration for a long time. And of course, uh, HubSpot's former chief product officer. David Cancel uh, went and started Drift, and that's their their main play is chats and chatbots. And so, where do you, where do you rate HubSpot Drift. here? And Who's, I've never heard of Drift. You've never heard of Drift. This is a HubSpot <laughs> podcast. We're not allowed to talk about Drift. No, no, I'm, I'm a HubSpot. I'm a, I'm a I try, I try to be uh, Switzerland. Switzerland here. Um, um, just yeah. just kidding, because they are <laughs> they've made as much buzz and um, impact as as any marketing team probably can. Yeah, yeah, they're good at that. Um, so, um, you know, the live chat tool is a live chat tool. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know from a live chat standpoint, I, I don't know how different, um, you know, what, what, what I like about it is I can run it from my CRM. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these third party tools that, that, uh, you know, so for example, drift, and I'm a huge fan of drift, mm-hmm. but, but one of the, one of the weaknesses in my opinion of drift is drift forces me to work from drift. Yeah. Uh, I think drift would be far more powerful if it built a widget in in the CRMs that it integrated with. Right. So I could work from that, um, from that CRM. Um, and that goes back to our point of, of ease for ease for the rep. Yep. Uh, but, but, but the live chats, the live chat, um, the chat bot is good. Um, it's easy to get set up. It's, it's, um, um, you know, so, so, so it's very easy to use. Some of the mm. other tools are a little bit more difficult, um, to, to, to figure out your way around. Um, it, it's very weak on the reporting right now. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get a lot of good insights um, and and the ability to to improve that chat experience. Okay, I'm sure that's coming. Um, the thing that I'm waiting for that I'm most excited about is going back to where we started: single database, um, fully fleshed out. It, it's not. I still can't take advantage mm-hmm. of the full functionality of of what the HubSpot stack brings when 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 I can do that, it's going to be really powerful, and I'm yeah. and I'm and I'm excited for that. Yeah. When I'm going to be able to take advantage of of the contextual um, 
actions that you've had in the past that, that could actually drive what my chatbot does or, right. or even what chatbot runs, that's going to be very powerful. Yeah. Uh, that's still on the drawing I'm just going to automate sales, right? No more need for salespeople. Just... I, I don't. I, I think it's going to automate. The, <laughs> I, I know where you stand. Rudimentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says in here in your article, like the HubSpot Sales Enterprise allows you to build custom bots, but you can build bots in the uh, non. Uh, so what's the difference between a regular bot and a custom bot? What do you mean? So so I can build a bot in in enterprise from scratch to do whatever I wanted to do. The mm-hmm. other um, levels have certain restrictions on what on on the bot functionality that that. Um, like I think on the free version, you can book a meeting. Like you can have a bot that books a meeting. Okay. But I can have a bot that, that um, can't like have I've a bot that talks about sales meeting. development playbooks or something like that. Correct. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah, so one of the places that's totally missing on chatbot, and this is a story for another podcast, but is the curation mm. of, of knowledge, not just the transference of getting you to an appointment. Right. Oh yeah. I think, yes. So, when when chatbots a year ago everybody was talking about how chatbots are gonna revolutionize everything and i started playing around with drift it's like it's nowhere near the intelligence of a salesperson uh in terms of like asking questions uh Mm -hmm. understanding what people or not even understanding what people say but at least recognizing what people are saying and using that information that you're gathering down later in the conversation right it doesn't happen so i think uh it there's there's a lot there's a lot to be a uh, lot to go there uh, in terms of applying AI to that stuff. I think I don't know of any tools. I know Conversica is focused on that. Don't know. I don't. I haven't tried it. And I think uh, comp- Google just bought a company called Onward uh, that's doing something. But but uh but yeah, there's a long way to go there. I think I, it shows. I would love to see it all. You know, uh, really be able to learn and and actually have conversations or at least prompt salespeople to have conversation the right conversations um but i think we're a little ways from that so um conversation routing so you can route conversations to the right person i guess right. so route it to a salesperson yep. that owns that account or something like that salesperson service person uh right. an email doesn't work if someone's asking you about a outstanding invoice or something like that yeah so prospects, do you have clients using prospects? I've never really used it because I don't really sell. We don't really sell to big companies per se, or at least try to. Um, but um, we got a, got a couple people that that um, that are selling to large companies that, that that use it for general stuff. I've 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 always found that this is one of those things. This is a, I mean, there are companies that do just this, and I've always right. found that it's it's one of the things. That it makes people feel good. But right. like, if I sell to IBM, do I? Someone from IBM was on your site. Okay, <laughs> well, well, who? Right. Exactly. How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those who don't know, prospects uses IP addresses of the people visiting your website to determine what company they might work for, and then shows you and, that. And I'll tell you what I've seen: people who have who have used it mm-hmm. and to apply it, and and the IP address got bunked up somehow, right. and and all of a sudden you're talking to, you know, one company like they're a different company. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that automation is great, but mm-hmm. be, yeah, you know, Software is hard, yeah, and, yeah. and I it, we we do some stupid things, yeah. Um, that maybe we shouldn't always do. Yep. Um, so teams, tell me about teams. Now you can create sub teams. That's new, right? Yeah, that's the biggest thing is sub teams, and then you can also um, you can also limit access by sub teams. Um, yep. This also applies to the marketing side as well. So um, maybe you know this team can can access this area of content, or you know the, these are 
these are posts for our um, motor, you know, our fleet team versus our maintenance team. If, if yeah. which again has a little bit more of a of a um, of a marketing uh, connotation to it. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, just I mean, you know what salespeople are like, right? You you want them to have access to the information that they should have. Yeah. Um, not 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 something else. So so it gives you more ability to control what. Um, what functionality you have, as we talked about earlier, it still doesn't go down to that to that field level, which right. I think is crucial. Yep, yep. Um, we've already talked about uh, sales uh, sales automation. Is there anything else to add there? No, nah, we covered that. All right. Uh, required fields. I know in certain situations you want your salespeople to fill out specific fields, uh, whether that's on the contact company or deal record. You want to have a you know clean and complete database. So they've launched that, but there's some areas where um, other tools that you've used um, are better. Uh, walk us through some of the improvements that, that they need to make there. So, I mean, I mean the, the main opinion. thing is it, <clears throat> it, the main thing is dependency fields. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, you know, so it, it's a required field or it's not a required field. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem is I can't have every field that should be required through, through a sales process right. be required when the contact gets entered. So, so you want, once you want we've to learned to... this information, then these fields become required. Got it. Right. And um, yeah. Or if you're in a separate, which is something different stage of the sales process, then something becomes required. Right. Yeah. Which um, is something, something like Salesforce, but you still yeah. Can't. Yeah. You can code that in Salesforce. We, we used to have that. Yep. Um, so products, I think they originally built the products capability for the Shopify integration, but then they've also integrated into the CRM. So anybody that wants to load in products or services can do that, um, into the products capability of the tool. So, uh, have you started using that to some degree for some, for some clients? Yeah, yeah, we have, um, and we've tested it ourselves. We're not really using it for clients yet because it, it, Right now, it's—I mean, it is what it says. It is—it's products, um, <laughs> right. and 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 so it's units, um, it's units, dollar per unit or just straight dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I tested it out, for example, for for one of our services. Well, the price for our service varies by on on any number of factors, mm-hmm. um, and so so I put it in there as a twenty thousand um, dollar product, mm-hmm. and the case of what we were doing, it was $15,000. So I just, um, so I had to send it as a 25% discount instead of being able to, um, you know, giving, giving the, mm. the, the ability to price based on something or, or even, um, and I know there's a lot of people listening that, that probably do points-based pricing, mm-hmm. you know, let, let me edit units to whatever I want it to be. And, and, it could it could work that way. So the so I might be able to enter seventy five points and then whatever my price per point value is, and it would calculate that price. Yeah. But you don't really have that functionality for something that doesn't have a set price. So it's designed okay. for something that has yeah. Very truly simple. a set price. Not a config. It's not a product configuration tool. It's a it's a simple enter your product, check off which ones you want to include, yeah. and then you can include that. There's in supposed quote, to be so. CPQ coming down. Okay. There's supposed to be CPQ coming, there but is. it's not CPQ okay. at all. Got it. Um, is there a tool you recommend for, for CPQ? Um, not, not in the mid market space no. now. Okay. There's, there's some that say so they, there's in, CPQ. In which case most companies probably just do bespoke or unique quotes, right? They're just writing out the quote. Right. Correct. But everything that I've seen for mid market that CPQ, you'd, you'd be just as good, um, 
you're, you're either in an industry that has such unique pricing and, and mm-hmm. complex views that, that you've got a custom system that, that's doing right. that and, right. and driving it, or you're, you'd be just as easy just to, you know, do it the way you did it before there was automation. Right. Okay. So let's talk about quotes and e-signature. What did, what did HubSpot launch there? So I can now send you, um, the, the document for you to commit. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of okay. Um, it, it's glitchy. Um, we, in, in, in our test, we had two situations where I had the person who said yes. Um, and in one case, the person said yes and was going to be out of town for the next 10 days. So if you can get this to me before five o'clock, I can get it taken care of otherwise. Um, and there was a glitch and I ended up being on with help, um, for an hour and 10 minutes. And luckily he said five, but it didn't really leave till six. Hmm. So we got it done, got but, it but you know, that, that, that would not have been fun in a, um, nah. that, that example disappointing. of what is. And then, and then the other issue, um, it's not as robust as the DocuSigns, Adobe's or PandaDocs. And we use PandaDoc for our, for our okay. full agreements. Yeah. You can't customize what it, what it says. You can, you can add some content, but you can't, um, right. you, know, you could say terms and conditions or, or, okay. or things like that. Whereas PandaDoc, you can basically have templates that you're complete customizable. You can pull different things into the template. You have different, uh, right. yeah. So it's very, very user friendly and you can build your build your contract basically right in the tool the other thing and, I, and i'm sure they're going to change this but um i don't get notified when you open my quote i don't get notified yeah. if okay. you sign my quote. Yeah. i get notified if you open my email but i right. do not get notified if you open my quote yeah. i should disclaim that i'm also an advisor to to PandaDoc. um but you you use them as well right yep um, so quotes management, uh, so is there anything in there around that now? Yeah. So you can now set it up where, where a quote has to be approved. Okay. Uh, and, and so that, that way you can, you can give your reps pricing power, mm-hmm. uh, but, but you can also make sure that they don't abuse the pricing. I power. see. Okay. Got it. Cool. And then, uh, playbooks, it feels like is a pretty big idea. Um, how are they, how, what, talk to us about what it does and then, uh, and tell us, you know, what you think the limitations that might be. So, so, so it's a great idea. Um, and you know, it's the idea of, of being able to build out, um, you know, objects of the sales process, right. Mm-hmm. To, to guide sales reps, to put the right information at the right time yeah. uh, for reps to be able to, to take notes and, and, and do things so that, you know, in the way they're taking notes, it's updating the CRM, um, and and it's providing contextual guidance to to what's to what's happening, so that so that your system aligns with your process, which mm-hmm. enables you to implement uh, more sophisticated processes. Um, so so it's a very powerful promise. The execution right now is um, it's still a really 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 simple tool. Um, it's basically you know it's a single lane. Okay. You can't you can't. You know, there, there's no branching logic. You can't branch at all. Okay. Um, so if the prospect can, doesn't give you the right answer, you're kind of screwed. You're not going to ask. Right. Next. Or, or, you know, if, or, or if there's four right answers, I mean, like we have yeah. a lot of times four right. right answers, but, but right. The, what you do next is highly dependent. Yeah, on. So it's almost like a form for the rep to fill out. Not necessarily. Uh, it, it, could, it could be a, it could be a form to fill out what it, the way we're using it right now. It's actually, mm-hmm. we're just using it as an internal knowledge base. Okay. So, so we've got some sound bites or different things like that for situations that the rep can look at and go to. Okay. Uh, like I'll go to it because I don't. What you know? 
what do you do for XYZ or, or what industries do you work with? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of having to, re- you know, remember it and recite it every time, I just, you know, we've typed in that sound bite. Okay. I mean, how I go to it now because I don't have to go back and try to remember it. When I bring in a new rep on, that obviously makes it a lot easier because, you know, it, it's there. It's, it's, it's in the system where they are. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's not it's 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 not give and take and it's and again it, it's still very very simple. Okay, and now it does allow you to like en- the rep to enter things in right and save those notes. It, it does, but it's just all it does is it saves it as general notes. It doesn't. Okay. So it, so if, it so it doesn't go into a custom field. To to, right, like so if I want to know what you know, are you using Zoho instead of Salesforce because we're gonna do a campaign mm-hmm. around something? You might have written Zoho. You yeah. might have gotten the answer to Zoho, but you, the rep, now still have to change, you know, update our CRM field to okay. to, to Zoho, or yeah. might as well not even know. Got it. And so um, you use uh, Costello, right? Costello Sales Playbook tool uh, software. So what does it do that the HubSpot playbooks doesn't do? Everything that I just said um, oh. <laughs> okay. allows you to map to. Um, <laughs> So as I'm filling out information, I can map it to specific fields in HubSpot. I can map it to notes. Um, I can build um, various branching logic off of it. So mm-hmm. um, as things happen, I can also manage it. You know, increasingly sales calls don't happen linearly because right. the the person you're talking to yeah. jumps to, to two thirds <laughs> down the you know da- down the road. Well, well, I can you know in in you know with Castello they built it so it's very easily. I can jump down to that. Then mm-hmm. get back up to where it needed to be um, okay. to keep track of things, and then so um, so then um, then Costello also gives you some um, some interesting analytics hmm. to be able to see what aspects of the playbook are being used, what's not being used. That that can be used for coaching, or it can be used to understand, yeah. hey, maybe maybe this is more complicated. Maybe we don't need that information because no one ever yeah. gets it, <laughs> and they still move forward. Maybe we right. should take that out of the. Okay, got it. Uh, smart send times. So how's that? So smart send times is supposed to be send time optimization. Right, or personalization, yeah. It is not. Okay. It's not. It is um, – as a matter of fact, as we tested it, I had a um, – we had some clients tested it as well. And the client um, said to me that, that, hey, this is saying that I should send this email to you. You know, it, it gives you what's the best time in the next 24 hours to send and what's the best time this week to send. Okay. And then it also says what's the, pro- what's the higher probability that they'll – open the email if you send it at that time mm-hmm. and and the recommended time to send to me was 7 a.m on sunday <laughs> okay. now pete i can't guarantee a lot of things but the one thing i can guarantee you is i have not opened an email on at 7 a.m on a sunday in at least a decade <laughs> okay. um and and that's not um I, I mean i know a little bit about now about where where the the, the programming of what it is yeah. are you I, sleeping or getting ready for church i'm sleeping <laughs> Unequivocal. So you use something else for send time personalization. So we use seven seven cents, which right, is, which I'm also an advisor. Yes, um, so I'm a big fan of, of Mike Donnelly and, and seven cents. It's good stuff, both for the marketing and sales side. Um, smart notifications. Are they any smarter? Um, no, they're not smarter because they're not they're not customizable. It's it's built. It, they're smarter if what you if the way you prioritize things is how HubSpot prioritized it. But okay. but it doesn't really take into account um, what's happening. 
And 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 the thing, you know, more than anything, so you might what, have like a important deal that you're working. HubSpot has no clue to that, and every deal that might have some activity there, they're notifying you. Yeah, you know, you might have the the most disqualified person in the world sent you an email. Well, you just got activity from them. That makes it a higher priority. But the you know head of operations at AT and T that you've been working. Um, you know, for, for a year is going to be low priority because you didn't get anything from them. And, mm-hmm. and so, okay. the, the other problem too, is that the, the you get, is it so using AI or is it just, it just a bunch of rules behind the scenes? How do they, what's a smart rules. notification versus rules. any, so there is, there is like an attempt at identifying what's more important, but the rules are behind the scenes or are the rules that you write? What are they? No, no, no. The rules are, they're built in. They're just built right rules in rules. Okay. rules. Got and it. they won't even, I got, I can't get a clear answer on what the rules, what are. The rules are. Okay. Do you but, think, are they using AI there to get smarter over time or do you, what do you think? No, the, no, no, just some rules. Right. They, they might have a plan to use AI over time, but okay. they're not right now. I see. Okay. So uh, one of the big announcements at Inbound was, um, their, the, uh, Vidyard integration, right? Or it's really not even an integration. They're actually using the Vidyard technology right in the HubSpot product. It comes with HubSpot sales enterprise. Um, so, uh, I think you've been a Vidyard user anyways before that. What do you think of this move? Is this is this uh, Love it. a good one? Love it. Yeah. Awesome. I cannot believe what they got Vidyard to do. I cannot believe <laughs> what they got Vidyard to do. I, I, if you, you if you're on the enterprise product uh-huh. and and you're using video the way you should be using video, yeah. it it's paid for it right there. Right. I mean what, what you're gonna pick up for, for marketing. Yeah, you sales, don't need you know, Vidyard anymore, right? The Vidyard sales product. Right, you don't yeah. need Vidyard, you don't need you don't need Vidyard, you don't need Wistia, you don't right. need anything. Right. Right. It it just paid it just paid for your there you go. There's the ten yeah, seats there. for the sales side. Yep. Calculated properties. So you can go in and create a field that calculates something from more than one field. You're happy with that? Give me a use case on oh, that. Oh, sure. Um real um real scoring or or modified scoring. You know, HubSpot has their 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 quote unquote lead scoring. Mm-hmm. Um we learn certain attributes. We can now take those attributes as we learn something about a company. Yeah. Um it it it, it can change scoring or, okay. um, holy cow, how about this commission calculation Yeah. or, 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 or sending or invoices. The amount of revenue you're are, forecasting. If you're forecasting at 80%, count 80% of that revenue. Correct. Yeah. Got it. Correct. And yeah. then, and then you can get into a whole lot of geeked out things that, you know, yeah. that, you know, in the customization. So like we have a client that, you know, we know what, what size, you know, um, so they sell to multifamily. How many units do they have? What type of property are they? Which means their typical spend is this much. Mm-hmm. We know that that based on that, we can drive savings of X percent, mm-hmm. and so we can now have that calculated property where we're tracking the units and everything else. We can now have the calculated property um, of what the um, of what the savings would be. We can then use that to populate um, templates. We can personalize web pages, hmm. um, any number of things based on those calculated properties. Got it. Cool. Like it, um, so there's a lot of value there too for the marketing side. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and again, it's it's great because it keeps them together. Yep, yep. And so uh, they launched multiple currencies. Is that something unique to HubSpot Sales Enterprise, or or is it just something they launched? 
No, it's just something they launched. It, okay. It's something that was it, anybody that was shown to the Enterprise had that, and yeah. so it was a weakness yeah. in HubSpot that just needed to be there. Okay, I see. And then recurring revenue tracking before you could just put in a like a one time kind of fee, like we're closing a twenty thousand dollar deal. There was no ability to say that we're getting whether you're getting that in a lump sum up front or in four installments or twelve installments. So now, what do they have for recurring revenue tracking? So, so, um, I was only able to test this a little bit cause it mm-hmm. only actually got to the, it only got launched at the very end of, of, of my testing. Mm-hmm. I, I think the bigger implication of this is going to be on the service side. Um, but sales is going to be able to put it in correctly. So it's going to save a lot of time as it gets translated to service. Then mm-hmm. I'll also be able to run analytics on salespeople to not just look at their closed business, but also to look at what, what is each salesperson's revenue retention? Like, what is I'll be able to right. do lifetime calculation per rep. Right. Okay. What's the lifetime value for you, Pete, versus somebody else? Yep. Um, so, so there's it, it. This is more of a management level oversight piece that that that's I think a strong piece. Um, even when you're using things like Salesforce, you're typically going to um to to a, a Zorro or or something else to to manage that. Um, and so I see this as being the first piece of something that, that's really going to help you do um, cohort analysis and uh, right. any you know, things yeah. as as companies beyond SaaS are going to recurring revenue. Right. Yep. Okay. Predictive lead scoring doesn't sound like you're a fan, at least not for your use. Well, I, I, I'm not. You I'm like not the idea? Anybody's use because it's not. I mean, I I love the tool, and I, you you know we you start off saying, okay, I get it. You love HubSpot. Um, I'm going to be candid. They should take this out because it doesn't do what they say it does. It's and by the way, it, um, I got this from. So Paul you've Rose never run into anyone that used it successfully. Well, well, define used it successfully. Like actually works for them and predicts their. It doesn't. It, I mean, sometimes sometimes something it says that has a higher predictability is mm-hmm. a higher predictability. But but how can it out of the box know? that this is high predictability for you it uses the exact same piece to determine predictability for you and predictability for me because it's not it, using custom fields right it's it's not using anything it's not it's not even looking at at it's not even looking at who's your customer and and where they come from and what are the attributes of your customer versus the attributes of my customer it's built on some basic uh, general knowledge about about things to predict the likelihood that someone's going to buy within 90 days. Well, I got news for you. If, if I'm only learning about you 90 days before you buy, I've lost. <laughs> now, I know there are other places that that, that that might not be true. But if there's no training and there's no working through to separate who are the people that buy from you versus who are those people, it's it's not going to – it's not going to play. So, so I love the tool, but predictive lead scoring, is it's just um, – and, and I've asked them to explain it to me. I said, help me understand what is this because it and, – and literally all they did was um, I got connected to the knowledge article yeah. that, that doesn't say anything. And if you can't explain – Well, the knowledge it, article says that, that um, it's based on standard contact properties right, and behavior of the lead. Right, but how does behavior – how like does behavior interaction with content right if there's no training well they 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 are uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i'm not going to defend it because i don't know it either but but i feel like you, i'm I feel I, like again i'm a, a huge off. fan just pretend it's not here just pretend <laughs> it's not here you don't lose anything yeah cool all right salesforce integration 
Um, nothing new. Still nothing good. New. Still great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we finally made it through your list. So at the end of your post, you have like the all the features well, listed out, one. which I'm you not going to recite. You missed one, which is good for you. Oh, what's that? I have to say real quick, which is which is integrations, and and this oh, is. Yeah. There, there, there's not a tool that I'm aware of right now that's better if you're a mid-market company that's going to enable you to integrate um, best-in-class tech to, to, to build whatever your tech stack is. Yeah. And, and the reason that I'm bullish on this tool is if you're on it today, it will meet your needs three to five years from now. Yeah. And I think one of the huge issues that's going to be happening to companies over the next three to five years is they're going to be built into tech. That as this ecosystem gets more and more complicated and we have, you know, God forbid, a correction, um, the, the flexibility is not going to be in there and there's going to be some major issues around companies' tech stacks. Yeah. And that's not going to be an issue with this. Yeah. Right. HubSpot will be around. That's what you're saying. And, and, and it'll work with it'll work with Databox. And right. I mean, you know, it's got yeah. 200 users already. So you can yeah. – yeah, no, I've been I've been told by multiple people at HubSpot that they're 100 percent committed to the Connect program. They're 100 percent committed to um, building more APIs and launching more APIs. They know they need to do that, um, and so I think th- I think they know. Like I was surprised to see so many new features in the in the core product, like features UI UX features, like 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 the ones we just went through, um, because I thought they were leaning a little more into the Connect program. Uh, and letting you know, letting people like PandaDoc or DataBox or Costello and Seven Cents kind of handle that stuff, but they seem to have launched a lot, a lot of kind of first generation features per you per your uh, article and analysis. Um, so you know, I expect um, they'll continue to improve those features and yeah. enhance them, but um, them also have on good word that they'll be really focused on launching APIs to enable really tight integrations with best of breed tools. So, so I think, uh, if they can split that, you can split hairs on that, right. And accomplish both. It's like you're saying, it's a going to be a formidable, uh, product and not just in the small business, but in the mid market and maybe even the upper end of the mid market enterprise. Right. Um, yep, absolutely. Cool. Doug, that was a minute or a minute. That was an hour and 36 seconds or 36 yeah. minutes and 29 seconds. I, know, yeah, I, I can't even read, I can't even read the clock. Right. I'm, I'm exhausted right now uh, hey. from that, but, but uh, thanks for, thanks for taking us through it. Thanks for all the homework. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that read your article or listen to the podcast and uh, you have, will have saved them uh, tens, if not hundreds of hours playing around with different uh, features. Uh, so they, they don't have to. So thanks again. Um, I did want to ask you a little bit, um, take maybe five more minutes if that's okay. Um, Absolutely. You're a 12, I think you mentioned a 12 person company right now. We are. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so you, how do you have the team organized? You said you have like three groups of people. Yeah. So we, we have a, um, we have sales services. Um, yeah. We have demand generation services and then we have um, Marketing. Yeah. data analytics and technology. Okay. That last one's interesting. Like I know, like you, you use and recommend a, a pretty large and diverse tech stack, and so obviously you like to get your hands on it. You're kind of geeky like that, where you like to get in there and figure stuff out. Um, but you actually have like a team that's dedicated to um, learning and deploying technology for your clients. It's not just like something you do to do marketing work. You actually do that as a as a offering. It sounds like. Correct. Yeah, we we actually do analysis of, of, of tech stacks. We build out um, a company's um, roadmap. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I I love to geek out on tech, but I don't 
but I also think that the biggest mistake people make is they buy like tech is not a solution. Sure. Tech is an accelerator. Yep. Um, I love, you know, you had, you had a quote, I think at some point you said, don't automate it until you've done it 25 times yourself. Right. right. I'm a big believer in doing it manually first. Yep. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm all in with you, right? One, once, once we know what we need to do, then the tech accelerates it. Yep. And so what we've done is we've built a lot of our services around pieces of the tech stack. So Costello, we talked about playbooks. Yeah. Well, we build out playbooks and we build out process. Yeah. And what Costello does is it enables us to make it a proactive piece so that the rep has to think less. There's less tra- – and again, the rep spends more, more time yep. focused on the conversation, not all the other stuff. Yep. Um, and, and so I realized we needed a product manager who yeah. would pay attention to, to what was happening um, I went somewhere and someone announced like three things that were new in the product. And I turned over to my director of operations and I'm like, did you know that? <laughs> right. Like, well, well, wait a second. We, you know, we, we do this for our clients and, and, um, yeah. and so we now have somebody who pays attention. That's part of their job. I agree. I think more marketing agencies need to do that. I think the, the technology is like you said, isn't the solution of itself, but it certainly enables solutions and Correct. it's not just about getting traffic or leads anymore it's about like and not enabling the whole life cycle for the customer and there's so many processes and systems that that uh that can enable or the impact that and so the technology becomes the the thing that creates the process in a way or enables the process at least and so if you're not if you're not on top of what the technology does you're going to be behind on what processes and systems you should be uh, enabling for your clients uh, so, yeah. so I think you guys are, you guys are a step ahead of the average uh, the average marketing sales services firm in doing that. I think uh, that's uh, obviously valuable. That's that's the plan. Thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you. And uh, I need a nap. All your effort. You need a nap. I need a nap too. I'm late for a meeting <laughs> yeah. now, so I'm going to go do that. But uh, I should probably eat something, take the dog out. But we'll go from there. Enjoy the rest of your day, Doug. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.